This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay in Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Akira Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. And who do we have joining us today? Today we have the Speaker of the House, Mr. Trevor Mallard. Well, Hi. welcome. How are you guys? Welcome, Trevor. Thank you. How are things in Trevor's land? Well, they're, they're pretty good at the moment. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm getting used to seeing grandchildren again. And um, <laughs> the, the giant kindergarten that we have that I work at is, uh, is uh, this week back to its uh, full strength. And everyone, everyone here, uh, as per normal, for the, for the first time. So it's, it's, um, it's, been, it's been interesting times that we're getting... Even had a traffic jam coming to work today, so it was. Um, it, it's right, right back to the uh, some of the old, uh, not so good normality. And how was your bubble? Uh, my my bubble was good. It was a uh, it was a very small bubble. It was my wife and I were uh, were in the bubble, um, and I spent six and a half weeks in Wainuiomata. Um, and really the most um, social contact I had was I went at a pretty regular time at about uh, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday morning with the uh, other pensioners to the local countdown, uh, and, uh, and you know, saw some people there, you know, week after week, some of whom I uh, played tennis with 30 years ago and, and haven't seen much of it since. So it was sort of, there was some quite good uh, catching up and uh, chatting in the queue with, you know, all with our the queue looked a bit like a snake on occasions, um, but but there was plenty of you know the two meters were uh, were very strictly uh, uh, enforced. And did you manage to work from home? Uh, yes, I did quite a lot. Um, I I use Zoom. Uh, I mean, I, I use emails a lot. Um, I don't I, one of the things that resulted from it is a lot. I have started to set up a proper home office with the, you know, the laptop and big screen uh, right through the time I was just working off my iPad, um, uh, which is, you know, it, it's sort of, it, it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, lots of international discussions. I, uh, you know, for my sins, I monitored the uh, Epidemic Response Committee uh, and, uh, which you know, for a while was pretty interesting, and after a while it wasn't that exciting. But um, I thought it would be just in case there were any problems. I thought it would be good to uh, to watch it. But the good thing is, you could watch or listen. It was also on the radio. So uh, you know, we had quite we had quite good weather in Wainuiomata right through, and I uh, I did quite a lot of gardening, um, sort of 
you know, my frustrating with frustration with the committee was taken out by ripping weeds out. All right, I built a brick wall <laughs> as well, so it was sort of two brick two brick walls. So uh, you know, there's some work. There was some work done in the garden that I've been planning to do for about twenty years. So that's quite good. It's been interesting looking into everybody's houses. Yeah, yes. Although I, uh, I pretty pretty uh, early on uh, got a. Um, my kids taught me, you know, via Zoom, uh, how to how to put a background up, um, which made it, you know, even when it was late at night, looked like it was daytime with the the garden and my dogs, sort of sitting like little angels on the back lawn, um, which of course they never do. So, oh, so you had a, you had an actual home picture, not not the not a beach in Bali or the Starship Enterprise. No, no, no. I had I had I had a photo which I sort of taken of the dogs when they were still um, over the summertime. So I just, uh, I just use that as my, uh, uh, as my background. And, and um, as, as I say, the, uh, the Australian Shepherds, which, you know, uh, are never, ever still, uh, were still for whole meetings. I used to amaze people. Quite a lot of comment about how well behaved my dogs were. Uh, my mother, when I was talking to her, she, um, uh, she, she didn't, you know, totally get the fact that it was background. You know, lots of communication with mum over Zoom, but she couldn't. She couldn't believe how come it was uh, daylight in Wanuiamata when it was so dark in Wellington.
what work were you getting done? Did you find it easy to, to work? Uh, pre pretty well. The, the, um, I mean, these days it's just so much different from when I was first a Member of Parliament. Um, then, you know, everything was done by, by paper. Um, and and uh, but these days, um, so much of the stuff is done online, and you know the ability to you know to draft speeches and do papers and you know approve things. Um, you know, much of it is is not that much different, except I happen to be sitting at home rather than uh, rather than at work. But but clearly, some other things don't happen. I mean, you know, part of my part of my day is a sitting in Parliament. Then there was a uh, there was a four-week period when that didn't happen. So it was uh, like a couple of weeks of COVID closed down, followed by the, uh, uh, you know, we have the same school holiday, the same as the school holidays, we always have recesses. So we had a four-week um, uh, period there uh, where, we, where we didn't sit at all. So, um, and, and so that, that, you know, that was different. Is that something um, we could have done? Could we have moved to a remote sitting? Uh, we, we possibly could have. Um, and I think if it looked like uh, stuff was going to get much worse or go on, we, we, we could have looked at it. There's a lot of uh, offshore. There was, you know, there's quite a lot of that, but it didn't, it, I don't think anywhere it worked particularly well. Many of them sort of had hybrid systems where they'd have a very few people in the chambers uh, and other people either sort of asking or answering questions coming in by Zoom or Skype or, uh, or Facebook Live or, or whatever. Um, but uh, I thought I thought our system worked relatively well, having the having the committee going, so you know the ministers could be questioned and you have your have your democracy at work. Um, uh, but uh, not having people travelling all over the country like they have in in, in you know most like countries, and uh, and you know and people have just end up being vectors for the uh, for the virus if. Uh, if they are if they are moving around and uh, so I you know I think having the uh, you know having the strip locked down meant that was we possibly had a bit less democracy for a short time, but because we've come out of it, we've ended up uh, in a much better position than most countries. Who I mean, the Australians' sittings are going to be disrupted until August, um, mm. and and uh, and the Brits, you know, I mean they've got this real problem because of. You know, there's quite a few MPs who live in remote areas and the broadband's not very good. Um, so the people who are furthest away uh, and would be the most, <coughs> most trouble for getting there are the people who, um, who have the worst broadband. Um, and, and so the, you know, the remote stuff is not working as well. Has it led to thinking about a more participatory democracy, open, accessible? Uh, has has is it an opportunity for thinking about those things? Yes, yes, it is, and, and even and even a better way of you know, including a better way of working for uh, members of parliament. I mean the, uh, I mean the whole Zoom thing uh, has meant that we now, you know, at least until the election, we've got uh, you know MPs not having to come to select committees, they can come in by Zoom. We're having witnesses coming in by Zoom. Uh, we, you know, we're having more stuff which is, uh, which is broadcast um, you know, to a much wider audience, using, mainly using Facebook Live. So, um, you know, that, that there's, there are certainly are some lessons 
um, that have come out of it. Um, you know, for the way that we the way that we can work, and for a lot of the staff in the um, uh, in in the buildings as well. It, you know, we've worked out that actual attendance is not nearly, you know, in the buildings is not nearly as important as we might have thought that it was. And uh, um, and you know, as you know, someone. I mean, I'm a I'm a local here now, but. A hundred years ago, as an MP in Hamilton, and, and yeah, a lot of your work you had to sort through, you know, using phones and in those days things called facsimiles, which my kids have never heard of when I explained to them how we used to do it. One of the things it's done is it it has brought the the fact that we have a government to the fore. You know, every day everybody's tuning in at one o'clock. What was tuning in at one o'clock, in yep. a way that they possibly yep. weren't connected before. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And, you know, even, um, I mean, one of the, the sad stories for me is that I had a, uh, a grandson who was about five months old when we went into lockdown. And I didn't see him for a couple of months. When I came out, um, he uh, he just didn't recognise me. It was, you know, sort of, I mean, despite seeing me on screens and stuff like that, it was, it was you know, he was a bit scared. Took took about a day to get over it. Um, but, but even he, when, you know, when the, whole, the rest of the family were watching the... Um, uh, the you know the briefings and Jacinda was on the screen. You know he would he would sort of look at it and grin. You know there's lots of photos of him sort of laughing at, at Jacinda. Although his, his his big sister thought that uh, uh, got a real girl crush on uh, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Much Mackay. Um, they you know she the the uh, eight year old decided that she was she was the real hero. It wasn't Jacinda after all. <laughs> Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi aroha nui, kia koutou koutou I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I'm so grateful to have this time with you, so honoured to have this time with you. These five minutes every day are a real pleasure and privilege for me. And I really hope that for all of you, this journey that we have been on together from lockdown level four to level three, level two, and now level one has been the most glorious awakening and illumination and healing. And for all the pain and the challenges and all the ups and downs, I really hope that you have added this to one of your favorite of our rich, rich, rich wonderful human experiences that we get to share on this paradise planet and of course we have such a wonderful toolkit to draw from all these skills which we have evolved over billions of years here we are triumph of nature's art united together in this very exciting consensus reality and exploring and learning and growing and co-evolving together so i thought that Today, we could have a little bit of time really enjoying the opportunity to dive and delve into the realm of listening and allowing others to speak, which is something that I have been really enjoying doing since we have been able to interact together in person. And for me, it has been like this wonderful quenching of my thirst to be able to fully appreciate those around me in their physical presence and giving them the time and the space to speak. 
not only with words but of course with their whole ahua and physical presence and attitude and it has made such a difference for me it has been so nourishing for me to be back in my wonderful dearly beloved everybody's physical presence and of course with the school groups I've been working with and the teachers and my team at Otokunui and just everybody just being back together physically has been really huge for me and right here right now I'm sitting in my beautiful car Royal Pearl in the middle of a rainstorm and every little drop of rain that falls on the roof of Royal Pearl the car and trickles down the windscreen and forms pools on the ground and heads down 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 into the earth to quench this thirst of the beautiful plants that surround us here in Aote Stuneden. I am just reminded of all these words that have been falling from the mouths of those around me and trickling down and nourishing this foundation of this new reality that we're building together and something that I've been hearing from everybody which I've been so grateful and really hoping to hear but really pleasantly surprised to hear is that for everybody, lockdown was just so inspiring and they loved seeing all the birds around them. And so now I'm being called upon in my professional capacity, which is my whole life and my whole reason for being and I love, to help people look after these birds and make sure that the birds that were visiting them in lockdown continue to feel safe to do so and can be safe to do so and can be nourished and fed as we are nourished and fed by their presence. So it's been really wonderful for me, and I'm so grateful that for all these people that I'm working with, all these different schools and organisations, what lockdown has given to them is this gift of seeing what is possible, what they can encourage, what they can do to serve the real world around them and look after these precious, precious native birds that, of course, will come along when we give them the space to do so and I've just been loving giving them the time and the space to speak and share and listening to them and not having to rush in and respond immediately really feeling the time and the space that is there and letting their words flock in like all these beautiful native birds that we're calling forth and make cozy nests in my consciousness and over time I can then get back to them and respond with ways that I can help so I hope that for all of you you're really enjoying this time of reconnection I hope that everybody's physical presence is as nourishing to you as it has been for me and I really hope that all the words that you are hearing are like these quenching drops of rain and these delicate flocks of precious native birds and you are feeling that gift that we are being given to return together to share and listen and speak and enjoy that space that we hold together every day and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. There was a big shift to well-being, whatever it was, a couple of budgets ago. And I think that the, the everyone sort of treated it as a, yeah, that's nice, but show me the money. And I think what the, one of the things that this has really done is shown that that's got legs. 
that that well-being a focus on well-being is a real yeah. thing and and um and it's and it's more than just sort of like a nice to have thing um it's you know it's an important it's an important part of uh who we are um and and how we interact uh with with each other uh and and an important part of the the focus going forward i think that uh, you know, for too for too long um we've been um and I don't want to have sort of economic versus well-being as a trade-off, but we've thought a lot more about economics and about well-being. And as a result of that, a lot of our systems have either not developed the, the way they should have or in some cases deteriorated. And, and that's, um, uh, and, 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 you know, if we can take lessons out of this, um, it, will, it will be just to, just to keep, keep the focuses going there. Do you think it's going to put future governments under more pressure because we've done such a good job? We've shown that we can do stuff. I, I think, I think it's going to. I mean, that that may be the case. That I think part of the pressure, though, is going to come um, from the the areas where we sort of lucked out. We were sort of we were very lucky, um, in 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 some things happened, which. You know, through you know, through good leadership and you know, really good work on the part of the community. But actually, we weren't that prepared, and I and I think that um, the pressure on future governments is going to come with a lot more sort of like risk assessment. You know, mm. a lot more sort of planning for what might happen, um, and um, because you know, I mean, I. You know, as a, you know, as five million people, we did really, really well. Uh, but you, I, I think you can't always count on um, you know stuff working quite the same way again. And 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 so uh, you know, I, I think the pressure will, the pressure will come that way. I mean, the other I mean, the other obvious advantage that we had, you know, doesn't matter where your politics is, is it, is it compared to you know Australia, even Canada, US, UK. Um, we just had a leader who could communicate, and mm. and that was um, I think that made an enormous difference. So, you know, some quite, you know, some quite complicated medical stuff got boiled down into some, you know, some, some, you know, really clear and a limited number of messages, and and we were we were prepared to buy it because we were convinced it was important. Whereas, um, you know, and, and it was consistent. And that's the other. That was the other thing which I think was really important. That um, you know, the, the countries that have been chopping and changing all over the place are the ones where people have ended up not having confidence in the in the leadership. And and you know, for some of our stuff, there was a you know, there was an element of trust. Um, and and um, you know, I'm not absolutely certain that the prime minister occasionally didn't have her fingers crossed. Uh, under the lectern, um, as to as to how things were going to go, um, uh, and you know, and, and there will be debate. You know, we'll, there'll, there'll be analysis, and people go, people will look really carefully at the advice and go through it all with a fine tooth comb and see if it was all right. Well, actually, some of it will be wrong. You know, we've got to accept that when things people are doing things in a hurry like that, some of the advice will be wrong. Some of the things that we did will be wrong, um, and and I think as a you know as a as a country, we've just got to, you know, face up to that. That's, you know, that and 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 uh, hopefully those mistakes won't be made again. 
So of all the societal changes you've seen over the last couple of months, what do you think is going to stick? And, and perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Um, I think I think part of how people sort of like treat each other, you know, there's been, I think, I think stuff has felt for me, you know, even in, you know, although, you know, we had question time today, it wasn't absolutely gentle, but, but, there, you know, there is more of a gentleness around the place and a, and a, and a kindness and, 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 and thinking of others and sort of accepting that sometimes we've got to take a bit of time in order to build up, a, a, if not an absolute consensus, then a, you know, then a pretty agreed position which can be, uh, can be taken forward. And I think if, 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 if some of that, um, it's almost like the processes, you know, the, 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 um, if, that, if that can if that can carry through, then um, then I you know I think I think that'll be important. I think the um, you know I mean I'm probably of the you know of the gender and the generation uh, where when I think uh, when I think you know I've got the answer I want to impose it, but I think we we know now we know better uh, that things work if people if people take people with them. And that's what, you know, that's what some real leadership's about rather than dictating. Do you think the things we've learnt will translate across to the longer term, perhaps into generational things, uh, social justice, climate change and so on? I, 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 I think they will. I think that, um, I think that we, it's been a big shock for a lot of people. And um, we know that the, you know, the way that we, the status quo is not the, you know, is not going to be the best way for the future. There's, you know, there's, there's got to be change in the way that we, that we do things and the way that we make decisions, um, and, um, you know, and the, and the way that we, the way that we work together. And I, I, uh, I think it's, um, I, I think wise people. Uh, will adjust their approaches uh, because they'll see ways of, you know, the community working better uh, than it has. That it has created. I think. I think it's sort of almost like. I mean, as far as you know, the parallel with climate change is, you know, we worked out pretty early that it was in the absolute common interest that this virus get squashed here yeah. if we could, and and you know, and we. We worked out how we could do that together. Well, well, actually, it's a longer-term issue. But as far as climate change is concerned, um, and there'll be, you know, there'll be sort of lots of different things that we've got to do it. But I think it might be easier uh, to get a buy-in now that we can, because we know we can do stuff. You know, if we do work <laughs> together, we can we can make change. Um, and uh, and so I'm you know I'm I'm pretty hopeful that um, uh, that will happen. And the other I mean the other obvious point is that um, you know the the you know, the people of you know my children and younger's generation they you know they're in their uh, late thirties and forties, but the younger ones are actually better sometimes at working in teams and discussing things through and finding a common interest than than my generation has been. Do you think we're returning to normal? And is that normal the same as it was? I mean, uh, over the weekend, we were the luckiest humans on earth because we got to go out in big crowds. Yeah. But 
is the is it is the normal a different normal? I suppose it's a question of is it a is it a recovery or something different? Is it a a regeneration? I, I think I think I think some of the stuff that we're able to do now that we couldn't do before feels special as a result of the fact that we couldn't do it before. Um, you know that might be the you know the big the big crowd at the rugby or um, you know today first day back in the house with all the members there because you know we didn't have to spread out so. Uh, so, so you know, people, uh, people uh, uh, could be there. So I think there's quite a lot of, um, I think it's probably more appreciation of the normal, um, but also a hope that the, you know, that the behavioural stuff will be, um, you know, will continue to be different. Back properly in the house, was it like riding a horse, riding a bike? Oh, I, we, we've been gradually coming back to it. You know, the, um, uh, the the house had, uh, I think we started with 33 people in there and then we had 59 people and we were back with a potential of 120. So uh, we, we're, we're working our way back in. Um, and, um, you know, while there were sort of economic-related COVID issues, there were a whole pile of other issues happening now um, that... that you know that we're just completely on the back burner um, uh, during the pre during the previous time. So, um, but but you know, I mean, it's also a little bit hard to tell because you know, in our place you've got a you've got a new leader of the opposition who's who, who's um, probably got a uh, um, a kinder approach anyway, sort of a more you know conciliatory, uh, looking for consensus, maybe more than the than the previous leader did, so it's hard to it's hard to separate that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the, with you know, it's not only that's obviously part of why the house is working a bit better. Oh, my God.
Okay, so I have some questions to end with, and you have to go, so we won't, we'll go through them quickly. What's the biggest yep. success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I think that we've... I mean, one of the hardest series that I'm working on, and we're not quite there yet, but made a lot of progress on, is around the code of conduct for this place. It's, it's how we treat each other. Uh, and um, you know we had a we had a really punishing review, uh, which showed a lot of bullying and harassment um, of both members and staff, frankly, within the place. Uh, and I think I think we are just about on top of um, convincing people of the unacceptability of uh, that sort of approach. So I think that's a, that's a big. There's other stuff like. Um, now, having the place a hell of a lot more child-friendly, which I really like. I think everybody does. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes, Our Team of People Doing Good Work. So what's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Um, I it might be my new hearing aids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, I mean... It, this is a ridiculous thing to say, but I reckon that that being able to hear better means that you listen, and that's you know that has that's helped me over the last, it's helped me personally over the last couple of years, and and I think you know it's made me realise how many people are excluded from conversations. You know, sometimes as a result of language. Sometimes as a result of hearing, sometimes other accessibility questions. So I, I'm not sure if hearing aids are really a superpower, but they made a big difference. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, yes, I've always been an activist. I've, I've been an activist since I was 16. Or no, probably earlier than that. I got in trouble at school for uh, uh, being, being an activist when I was 13 or 14. So, uh, yep. Even now you're having to... It's a to... very long time ago. That's well over 50 years ago. <laughs> but, so, but now you're having to hold that up back a wee bit? Um, I, well, in, in some senses you do, but um, I also think to, you know, some of the things to get reform in this place, you, you know, I mean, it's, not a, it's not a flag-waving or a placard-waving activism, but you've, you've, got to, you've, got to have, you've got to have a plan for change and... Um, and you've got to be able to build your team to work through achieving the change. And that's, you know, that's, I think, the core of any sort of activism. You, you know, you can't do it by yourself. What motivates you? Um, I, years and years and years ago, I saw Norman Kirk on the steps of the Wellington Public Library. And, and he talked about sort of jobs and health and housing um, and, and dreaming and loving. And, and you know, he, he talked about the sort of place that our country, he saw that our country could be. And I think I just keep on, I keep on going back to that. The place, the place can be better. And, and some of it's material, but actually most of it is, and a big part of, you know, I mean, I, a big bit of it is just making sure that people get a chance as well. Um, you know, my my family got an enormous chance for my and my parents' generation through the first Labor government, uh, and the fact that they got education, they got secondary education when their parents hadn't, 
Um, and, and, you know, my father even got, you know, um, over nine years, one unit a year while he was working full time, you know, got to do university. And that, and that, and that changed our lives. And um, part of it for me is just making sure that, um, you know, that all kids have the chance to achieve their potential. Spent six years as a Minister of Education. That's what drove me every day. Um, you know, how can we, how can the kids who are not getting the support to achieve their potential get that support? Made some progress, uh, but there's a long way to go. And lastly, before you disappear, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, talk to people and listen to people. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's amazing knowledge in our communities. You know, there's some exceptionally wise people and some of them are very old people and some of them are kids. And I just think if we're a bit kinder, we chat to people uh, and, 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 and we listen, uh, we'll, we'll, get some, we'll get some really good ideas that will help us and help our community. Thank, thank you very much for joining us. No, I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, can I just get a selfie? I'm going to count to three and I'll take a selfie. <laughs> cool. I didn't count to three because oh. you're already smiling. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank okay. You, See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Right. I'm going to open my own for the next meeting. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, bubble folk, it's Liesel here, and uh, I hope you're having one of those really wonderful days where everything is going well, and hey, look, if it's not, then um, I hope that things change up for you, and uh, you have a good rest of the day. Um, yeah, I thought I would share a little bit about uh, my um, myself today, and um, that's uh, I. Well, where do I start? We all have things, don't we, that are kind of, I guess, unique to us, and I think we all probably struggle with certain things, even if on the outside we look like we've got things all together. Uh, I think that's probably not true, is it? And um, even the most together people that look like they have their lives sorted out. Uh, we just never know what's going on for people under the surface, whether it's their relationships are in a real uh, you know, sad state of affairs, or maybe they're not uh, getting on with people in their life uh, in the workplace, or they've just had some really bad news, or maybe they struggle with something that's um, a health-related issue, or mental health, physical health. Um, there's all kinds of things that go on for people, and. I think we're pretty good at pretending actually and while I know it's um, helpful sometimes to keep moving, keep doing, keep uh, keeping things sort of together I guess um, that can be helpful. It also is helpful to share who you are with people as well because it's funny once you start talking about um, your own problems or things that are maybe a struggle for you uh, you often find other people are willing to share too. And yeah, often you discover that you are not alone uh, in not coping. You know, I know parents when they struggle with their kids um, and they think, oh gosh, I'm the only one that's, you know, no good at this parenting gig. Like, how come I'm getting this so wrong? And how come everybody else seem to have perfect kids or, or don't seem to have these same struggles? And 
you know, we probably all know that's just not true, that everyone has struggles with their, with their kids and um, sometimes it's much harder than other times and some people have a lot more to deal with than other people, but we all have our issues. Um, so what I wanted to share with you about me is that uh, since I was a teenager I've had something called narcolepsy which is a um, sleep condition so um, basically I don't have the normals, normal control over my sleep that most people would. Uh, means I fall asleep without meaning to fall asleep so at weird times of the day or in mid conversation or um, sitting watching TV, reading a book, I mean things that a lot of people you know, struggle with, often we'll be sitting in front of the TV and find ourselves asleep at the end of the day, but um, this is kind of something that isn't just kind of the odd sleepy time, it's, uh, it always, it's kind of always there, and as a result I can't drive and uh, I have, yeah, some limitations I guess around the way I live my life, and when I was younger I was quite a uh, responsible in a in a sort of a sensible kind of way I was a responsible person but not very responsible when it came to kind of good systems and structures in my life to kind of help me um, cope with what is quite a can be quite a disabling thing so if I don't put structures in place in my life I find that I fall asleep whenever I sit down so I will try to stand up as much as I can actually but if I do have these good structures in my life, um, like, you know, regular bedtime, eating properly, exercising, normal stuff, normal stuff that we probably um, all can benefit from. But I find if I don't do those things, it just really destroys any semblance of normality for me. So while most people that know me or see me at work or maybe know me casually or acquaintances uh, probably don't really notice that I've got anything that I... Uh, that's a bit weird <laughs> but anyone that's spent a little bit of time with me usually starts to go oh hang on that's that's a bit strange the way you fall asleep in the middle of our conversation and uh, oh why don't you drive oh what you're not allowed to drive oh okay so um, these things have changed the way I live and I guess at one level you can get really frustrated with the fact that you can't do certain things um, and that other people don't have these struggles and other people's lives are so much easier than mine. Um, we've, yeah, I mean, we've all got stuff going on, haven't we? So really, it's not about whose life is easier. It's just about how can we actually understand each other and support each other when we all have things that I think we struggle with. Um, I'm not very good at asking for help. Uh, so a perfect example today, I was uh, needing, needing some help to um, pick, some, pick something up from, uh, from Mornington and I knew that I had to either walk there or get the bus and I had some other commitment later on that meant that walking or busing was just not going to give me enough time. And it's just in those little moments that I go, ah, I wish I could drive and oh, this is so unfair that I've got to manage my life in a different way. Um, but, you know, I did reach out eventually and asked for some help and said, hey, can someone, you know, do this for me? And I don't like asking people to do things for me. So I, but, but I need to do that because sometimes I can't manage. And uh, that's another hard thing to say about yourself. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking up a little bit of space today just to say, yeah, I think 
We don't always know what's going on for people and we also need to maybe um, help ourselves by reaching out and saying, hey, I'm not coping or I'm not doing very well. Uh, it's, it's funny how when you do um, come forward and ask for help, how people often respond really positively. And, you know, as long as we're not taking advantage of that and asking for help all the time, I think um, being sort of uh, being open with people and sharing how you might be struggling with certain things can really bring out great things in other people because they uh, empathise with you and they feel compassion for your situation and they actually feel good when they can help too. You know, we all actually feel quite good when we can help someone else. So, you know, that's how I need to think about it. I'm giving people the opportunity to help me so they can feel better. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to think. Anyway, um, yeah, so my last kind of little point about all that is just that maybe um, having a routine for yourself and uh, encouraging yourself to kind of, I guess, uh, prioritise what really is important to help you manage whatever's in your life that, that you struggle with. So, you know, for me it is um, trying to manage the sleep issue. Uh, so that means I have to choose sometimes what I do do and what I don't do. And sometimes that's really frustrating and feels unfair because I want to be able to do everything but I would rather have a quality of life where I'm managing everything than maybe doing everything I want to do so yeah some of those choices are hard but um, a bit of self-discipline goes a long way and it's a constant work in progress like you never get that one right I think you um, just keep trying every day so I wake up every day and I go, right, okay, new opportunity, here's my day to kind of enjoy and to take on um, the possibilities and to try and do my best to be my best self and that means looking after myself. So yeah, thanks for being part of my conversation today or my, really it's my dialogue, isn't it, my monologue really with you but hopefully some of that resonates with you and uh, yeah, I encourage you to to um, look out for other people when they might need support and reach out to people when you support. So I wish you the best of days and I look forward to our next conversation. Take care out there. Mawira, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I was sitting talking to Jack, my 10 year old and um, we're just we're just talking about what's happening in the world at the moment, and and I I look at his world view, and he's so much more mature than than we ever could have been at that same age. They're so much more aware, and um, I love that this generation of kids just feels comfortable to challenge all authority. They actually feel they're really comfortable. They know themselves, they know their thoughts, and they're, they're comfortable to keep challenging, and I love that. Do you know what? I'm actually, I've still got my head in that quote from um, from Moana Jackson, that um, changing the world is an act of imagination. And actually, um, what Trevor was saying is changing the world is, the, the big part of that is being part of a team. Yeah. Like build your team, find your people. Like I always say to my, you know, I say to people all the time when I'm doing public speaking is find your tribe. Those people who think like you do, but who, who've got enough diversity in their 
in the group so that it's that it's constantly being challenged and it doesn't become an extreme group but find your tribe pick your goal and go and do it That's yes so i've got something to say i figured it out what i okay. want to say so Mawira, do you have any thoughts as we close the show yeah well, I, I was just thinking about what uh, trevor was just saying about um about the people you know building your team and i often say to people find your tribe and that's that group of people that you can have around you where you've got a common goal but you know there's enough diversity to keep it healthy and to question things and to challenge um but but enough to hold you together as a group to move you forward to go and to get the job done and i really feel like now is really is the time to be the change if there was ever a time to make change happen we've got the ability to do that now i think um, perhaps more than ever before. I liked what you were saying about gentleness. Yes. And and that we have perhaps learnt to be gentle. We've learnt that people are, they might not be able to do everything that they said they were going to do, but they're they're trying. And let's be better. Let's be better about that. They might in whenever there's a. A commission of an inquiry or whatever it is about the government's response they're bound to find things that could have been done better yeah but we know that yeah but that's different from making I, a decision on the fly that's right i like that um the way that we you know jacinda united us and i know like jacinda is the spokesperson for our government she she's the leader but we talk about Jacinda said this and Jacinda said that. But so I'll, so we'll use that. Jacinda made us all think about other people. Like when when we decided to go into lockdown, she didn't say think about yourself. We're going into lockdown. She said think about your neighbours and the the children and our elderly and all the other people in their community. And we have a responsibility to keep everyone else safe. Yeah. And she. It, it's strong it strongly wasn't a keep yourself safe yeah it was all about let's look after each other i mean i think i heard from somewhere i don't think i've heard it in new zealand i think it was when we were talk, talking to oliver bates or something it was a a sense of you're doing this for your nan yeah i like that and, yep. and I, I wonder if i wonder if there's something more about new zealand's readiness to act as a collective not in a, a, a communist type collective way but to to actually care about the other people i think it's part of our psyche we've always been that country where if somebody is having a bad time we rally we're a country of people who rally and and we've always been that way and if you look at even at um maori society was always a, about close-knit groups that supported one another when the um, the you know when the uh, Tauiwi first arrived on these shores, it was the same sort of feeling of of groups sort of gathering together to support one another, and eventually everybody learned to look after each other as a collective. So I think it's so ingrained in in both sort of parts of our society to think that way. Maybe we were starting to lose that a little bit, but maybe we're starting to get that back. 
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and you can subscribe in all the usual places where you subscribe to podcasts. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and Trevor Mallard in Parliament Buildings in Wellington. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.